This is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. We've been talking and teaching you about change your mind, change your life, the power of repentance, and how it is God's plan, His intention that we undergo a transformation of our mind, our thoughts, our thinking, our attitudes to take on the, the way heaven thinks. So while we're in the earth, in this physical body, we're supposed to be training our minds. Our, our mind is undergoing a transformation process. So we're thinking like God because that's the only way we can walk in his blessing. That's the only way we can walk in a manner that pleases him by faith and in love. And so last week we did look at, um, last time we, we, we looked at this, we in, in this subject, in this theme, we looked at Philippians chapter 3. I'd like us to go back to that, but this time I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. Just because it uses some key words that further reinforces what I believe God is trying to get across to us. And we said one of the things God wants us to change our thinking in and undergo a, 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 re, a real uh, shock treatment, if you will, a real change in the way we think is the way we look at ourselves and the way we look at other people, where we see um, basing our value, our estimation, the way we look at other people, uh, basing our convictions, all based on our flesh. That means our culture, our color. So you think about this, if we build our life on all of that, we will be robbed of the power of God. And the Apostle Paul saw that, he realized that. And so you see this, we looked at it in Second Corinthians chapter 5, where he said, henceforth know we no one after the flesh. He says, we even came to a point in our knowledge, in our growth, in our discipleship process, if you will, we came to a place where we didn't even see Jesus after the flesh, which means we no longer estimated him according to his Jewish flesh. Think about that, which means one of the things we must undergo in a change of our mind as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see other people, particularly other believers, you no longer see them and you no longer value them based on their color, based on their culture, based on their background. In other words, there's a higher level of relating. Oftentimes the church has been very weak in addressing some of these divisive issues. Why? Because we're too caught up ourselves in the natural identity. So we see ourselves strictly from a natural viewpoint where God wants you to see who you are in Christ, a person who is a new creation filled with his life, with his spirit. And that means you are an answer to the world's problems. You are an answer to the world's problems. Why? Because you're filled with the love of God. God is love and he says you're born of him. We have his love nature on the inside of us. That's what compels us. So. Philippians chapter 3, starting from verse 3, Paul says this. Remember, talking about changing your mind? It's how you change your life. It says, for we Christians are the true circumcision. Again, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Who worship God in spirit and by the Spirit of God and exalt and glory and pride ourselves in Jesus Christ and put no confidence. Now listen to the language here. We put no confidence. We put no dependence 
on what we are in the flesh and on outward privileges and physical advantages and external appearances. That's interesting because you might be listening to this broadcast and if you've come to Christ or got, you know that Jesus is the Christ, you need to repent and turn to him and, and put your life completely on him. But what that means is this, you might be a person of great means. You might be a, someone that according to this world system, you're a person of high privilege. You might control different boardrooms. You might be a key decision maker. Or what's God saying to you? He says, you know what? I want you to put that down. In other words, I want you don't depend upon that. Don't relate. Don't relate to other people strictly based on that. Doesn't mean to give up the position and leave that alone. But will you allow? No longer see yourself and your identity strictly from that viewpoint. No longer see and base the way you relate to other people strictly because of maybe the position of privilege that you have. So Paul says this, we no longer see, we no longer base, we, don't put, we put no confidence, listen to that language, we put no confidence, no dependence on what we are in the flesh on, on outward privileges and physical advantages and external appearances. Though for myself, I have at least grounds to rely on the flesh. If any other man considers that he has or seems or have reason to rely on the flesh and his physical and outward advantages, I still have more. So he says, listen, if anybody could depend on the flesh, I, I do, and I'm going to prove it to you. Circumcised when I was eight years old, on, of the race of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as to the observance of the law, I was of the party of the Pharisees. As to my zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. And by the law, standard of righteousness, supposed justice, uprightness, and right standing with God, I was proven to be blameless, and no fault was found with me. But what former things I had that might have been gains to me, I have come to consider as one combined loss for Christ's sake. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. In other words, I've exchanged my dependence on that. In other words, he wasn't denying his Jewishness, he wasn't denying his background, but he's saying, listen, I've now, I now relate to God and I relate to people on a higher level. I'm not denying and ignoring what I am in the flesh, but see, I'm not depending on that. Big difference. I'm not depending on what I am in the flesh. I'm not depending, as I said before, on my culture, on my natural background, on my natural origin, on my flesh, on my culture, on my color. I'm not depending upon that anymore. It says, I've count that, yes, furthermore, I count everything as lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming precious, preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and more clearly. See, he saw what most people don't see. He saw, listen. I'm willing 
to not depend upon that because the more he understood, the more he grew in his fellowship with Christ, he realized how much greater his identity in Christ, how it far outstripped anything he had, any advantage he had in the flesh. And he says it there. He says, yes, I count everything as lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege. See, he saw it was a privilege. The overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and more clearly. Have you made that quality decision that you're willing to allow your pursuit of Christ, your knowledge of his word, and allowing that to form and transform and mold your attitude, that's become more important than being recognized by color, by your flesh, by your culture. Paul said this, I count, he goes on, he says, I count for this sake, for his sake, for Christ's sake, I want to know him so much. I want to know who he is. I want to know who I am because of him. I want to know the redemption and what that meant for me. That's my pursuit. I want to know that so much that I count all things but done. For his sake, I've lost everything. I consider it all mere rubbish, refuse, dregs, in order that I may win Christ, the anointed one, and that I may be found, actually be found and known as in him, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own, based on my obedience to the law's demands, ritualistic uprightness, and supposed right standing with God, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God, which comes from God by saving faith. Then he says, my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. So he goes on, says all of this is, is really communicating his passion for Christ. His passion again, his focus was not his flesh, his focus was not his color, his focus was not his natural background, as good and as wonderful that might be. He says, no, I trade all of that in, my focus, my dependence, the attitude of my mind, I've undergone such a change of mind, a change of attitude, that all I'm focusing on is who I am in Christ. You and I, we've got to make that decision today. Regardless of what privileges you might have according to color, um, background, whatever, you've got to make that decision. In fact, where does color prejudice come from? What, where does all of that come from? It's someone elevating their color, their background, their, their, um, their pedigree above another. All of that is. And then where does slavery come from? And there's all kinds of that all over the world. Why? People don't know who they are in Christ. If you're in Christ, if you're a disciple in Christ, you've got to make that decision. I'm changing my mind from this day forward. I will never depend. I'm no longer identifying myself strictly based on what I am by my flesh, by my culture, my background. No, I now identify myself as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. My pursuit is knowing who I am in him and my identification in him. Now, another script scripture I want to look at is this. Philippians chapter 2, Paul says this. He says, let this mind be in you, Philippians 2 verse 5, which was also in Christ Jesus, 
who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation verse 5 is interesting it says let this mind that word also mind means attitude certain attitude that we're supposed to have this is again the change of attitude when we talk about change your mind change your life so the gospel is intended to change your attitude change the way you think so an attitude is really the way you think about yourself the way you perceive yourself the way you carry yourself so there's a certain attitude we're supposed to have now Jesus here saying this he did not think of himself now think about this as superior to God but he never thought himself as inferior so there's a certain mentality because he says I have this mind which was in Christ which which is he says no you must have this same mind so when you know who you are you're not arrogant and prideful thinking you're better but you neither a doormat you're not you're not under neither there's not inferiority but there's a strength and there's a confidence you have why because you know who you are in Christ you're identified with him you're, you're no, no, there's no longer defeatist attitudes or defeatist mentalities see they're overcome if you've been faced by that and struggling with defeatist mentalities and being and failure mentalities then you overcome that by facing by focusing thinking and meditating upon what God says about you listening to what he says about you being digesting that feeding upon that constantly so you know who you are what he thinks about you and in this well, i want to close by saying this a few scriptures here ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 is what you got to think about yourself said according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love so here a few words here he's chosen you so the mentality you've got to have is this, I've been chosen by God. If I'm chosen, it means I'm special. I was chosen, specifically, uniquely chosen. This is a certain mentality you must have about yourself, that God has chosen me. He's chosen me. Now, if the implication, if he chose me, he didn't have to, but he chose me, which makes me very special. Then he says that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I've been predestinated you. So he's called you to be his own special child. So when you know you're loved, you've got to know that today. You're loved by God. You've been chosen by God. You've been predestined by God. He sees you ahead. And he says, I've got a plan for you, a purpose for you. You're very special in the mind of God. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk therein. Now, God doesn't make junk. And so the thing you must have in your mind, I've been created by God. He's made me for good, created for good works. I love that. I've been created by God. I am his workmanship. He put me together. He's, I've been made by him. In fact, the word says this, you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalms 139, verse 16, I believe. See, you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. You've been made by God. He's created you in his own image, in his likeness. Miss me, you're very special. You're very special to him, and he wants you to think that way about yourself, that you're his child. You've, he's been chosen. You've been chosen by him and picked by him. He loves you supremely. He wants you in his family. He's made plans for you. Predestination means he's looked ahead and he's made plans for you. Well, I'm telling you, that makes you very dear, very special. So again, that's the thinking you must have about yourself. Also, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking to believers. 
in Ephesus in that day and speaking to them about how the life of God has changed them and how he wants them to focus on this and put this kind of mentality on themselves. And so he says this, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you walk henceforth not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind or the emptiness of their mind. See, you can walk around as an empty-minded person. In fact, you might be a believer, but you're an empty-minded believer. In other words, you've not filled your mind and your thinking the way God wants you to think. And if you don't think right, you'll walk wrong. So you won't walk right neither. So the things that God wants you to think right, so you can be thinking the way he wants you to think, so you can walk in the kind of life and experience his good will and good plan for your life. So he says now, Having the, the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Hosea says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So again, you can't change your mind if you don't know what you're supposed to know. You've got to know some things. So he says, they're, they're, they're blind in their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to work all kind of lasciviousness. But verse, verse 25, 20, verse 20, I want to get to. But you've not so learned Christ. If so be that you've heard him and you've been taught by him as the truth is in Christ Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the former manner of life, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now watch the language here. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now the translation says, in the attitude of your mind. So God's word was in designed to transform our minds, transform our attitudes, transform our attitude is determined by what we see, how we see ourselves. So oftentimes people have a bad attitude. Why? Because they don't see themselves doing well. They have a bad outlook in life. Why? Because they don't see life treating them right. So why? So the thing is this. He says you've got to change that. Put off the old kind of thinking. Put off the old former, says former conversation or manner of life, which is according to deceitful lust. Be renewed in the spirit or the attitude of your mind. Put on a new mind or put on a new mind. Put on a new mentality. Change your mind because if you change your mind, you'll change your life. To change it which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So it says now, you've got to put off. See, we talked about change meaning. Put something off and put something on. Change what your attention has been on to something else. So God said, now, will you take off, pay, pay, stop paying attention to what plagued your life, what you focused on before you met Christ, and now put your mind on what pleases him. Put your mind on the things of God. Colossians says, seek those things which are above. Seek those things that are heavenly. Seek those things that are pertaining to the kingdom of God and fashion and mold your life according to heaven's standard for your life and that will be the best way for your life. It says, you're created in God. Listen to this. It says, the new man, this new attitude is created, is after God. It's created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, so these are attitudes now. This is a new mentality, a new attitude, a new mindset. So this means a repentance, turning from one thing, getting to another. Now putting away lying, so we turn from lying, we speak the truth. See, total opposites. That, completely opposite now. So he says this, you can do this. This is an attitude, this is a mentality. In Christ, there's great power by the Holy Spirit on the inside of the believer, giving you the ability now, on the inside of your spirit, to make a change of mind. Say, no, I'm no longer a liar. I now speak the truth. What comes out of our mouth, it can be dependent upon. I, 50 years ago, they used to say this. People used to make a deal, go into a business venture by shaking a hand. 
A man's word was his bond. We need to have that put back in the family of God, put back in the life of real believers and into our society again, where men's words can be trusted, where people will swear to their own hurt. Why, see, that's all part of a mindset. It's all part of people's minds being transformed by God's word. So it says, speak that's no longer lying, but speak in the truth. Be angry and sin not. We can be angry at sin. We can be angry at things that are not right. But we can say, no, we're going to stay calm. We're going to stay controlled. No longer stealing, so we're no longer stealing anymore. But we work to give to those in need. We work to take care of our families and do what's right. Then watching what comes out of our mouth says, let no corrupt communication, verse 29, proceed out of your mouth, but what is good? good. So again, just stop speaking words that, are, so corrupt communication isn't just four-letter words that are wrong and evil and that sound wrong, but evil communication is speaking words that's contrary to the life and the nature of God. Speaking words that are contrary to the love nature of Christ on the inside of you. Speaking words that are contrary to God's plan for your life. Saying you're a failure. Saying you never do anything. Well, that's not. God can't back those words up. You need to be saying, I am the head and not the tail. I'm above only, not beneath. Whatever I put my hands to will prosper, increase, and grow. See, I, I'm going somewhere to be a success instead of saying I'm going so, somewhere to be a failure. See, God's plan for you folks is good not evil to give you a future and a hope let me close by saying this Romans 12 verse 2 says this Paul said this don't be conformed any longer to this world but be transformed how by the renewing of your mind what is God's plan for you in this season in this time start renewing your mind give yourself to that process of filling your mind with God's thoughts God's words. Get connected to that pastor God has assigned to your life. Listen to that word. Get into that word in your personal devotion. Get around the word of God. Be in fellowship with other believers of like heart and like mind. Change your mind, you'll change your life. Now your health is determined by what you pay attention to. So we're going to look again at Proverbs chapter 4 just to look at that scripture and allow that to speak to us, allow God's word to speak to us because we're talking about changing your mind is how you change your life. So, Proverbs says this, My son, attend to my words. Now, when you hear these words, this is God speaking to you. So treat it that way. Respect it that way. Pay attention to it that way. Um, give an, a certain attention and attitude towards it that you're going to listen and obey what these words are speaking. I'm speaking them, but it's God's words to you today. My son, attend to my words. So again, attend means to pay attention. Pay attention. You hear someone, you might be in class, and if you might be older, you, you might have gone, you've gone to school and you remember the teacher saying, well, pay attention. What are they saying? Well, listen, get your attention here. Stop looking over there. Stop gazing. I remember growing up and we'd be, going, we'd be walking along the street and my dad would say, boy, stop gazing. It was one of his favorite words. So, you know, I was gazing off or looking off somewhere and he wanted me to pay attention so I'd look where I'm going. So paying attention means stop looking where you're looking and look to where you're commanded to look at. So pay attention. So God says, pay attention, or my son, pay attention to my words. Attend to my words. Now, attending to God's word then means you're not attending to something else. You're attending to what he says. So find what God's word says. You might be, whatever situation you might be facing at this time, find out what God says about it. Find what the word says about it. Get, get to the book. Find out what the word says. 
Get, get into the Bible. Get into God's scriptures. Don't allow just someone else to tell you what it says. Find out what God says for yourself so you will know what it says. You know, when you call our prayer partners here, we'll be asking you, well, how can we agree with you? We're not going to make up our own words. We want to find out, well, what do you believe in God's word? What do you want us to pray with you for? We don't want, this is not about emotionalism. It's not about feeling something good. It's about getting answers from heaven that we know the provision is provided for. We're locking in our faith with yours to say, this is what God's word says, and we'll agree with you, and it will be so, because that's what God says. And so the thing, he says, God says, now pay attention, my son, pay attention, attend to my words, which again means stop paying attention to something else that isn't his words. Then he says, incline your ear to my sayings. So listen to what I'm saying. See, you need to listen out for what I'm saying. Now some people, they can be inclined, inclined to gossip. Some people, they want to hear, well, what's going on in their next door neighbor's life? You know, so they're always listening for the latest gossip. So your attention as a believer, as a disciple, must be this. No, I'm not listening out for gossip. I don't care about gossip. I'm not listening, and I don't want people bringing gossip to me. No, I'm too busy listening for what God's Word says. And besides, you've got to be careful because of this. Do you want to be someone who passes on gossip about other people? Passes on things that even might be true, but it's not something that's right? It's not something that will help that person? Is that what you want to be? No. You've got to make sure your ears are not used as a garbage container to bring, to receive junk in, but is attend, attending and, and listening and inclining, hearkening, receiving things that are good and right and just. So he says, incline your ear to my sayings. So are you listening, listening out for what God has to say? So paying attention to his words and inclining to his sayings, listening. That, that also means the more you pay attention to God, the more you're able to hear his voice, the whisper of his voice to your own spirit, giving you direction. See John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. Says the voice of a stranger, they will not follow. See, the more you pay attention to God's word and you follow what he says and do what his written word says, then you'll be ready to receive what his word, that is, his spirit speaks to you regarding specific details and direction in your life. So it says, now my son, pay attention to what I said. Climb your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep, I'm telling you, please keep God's word in front of your eyes, no matter what the report, no matter what anybody else is saying. Pay attention. Don't let God's word depart from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. See, keep it focused. Keep it centered. Don't let anything else occupy the focus of your eyes, the attention of your ears, the, the centrality of your heart. It says, for they, what's they? His words. God's words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. What did Jesus say? He says, my words, John 6, 63, they are spirit and they are life. God wants you to pay attention to his words, his word concerning the new birth, his words concerning life and healing, his words concerning the health for your body, his words concerning the provision he's made for you financially, materially, his words concerning what he said about your family, that you shall be saved in your household and that you shall be the head and not the tail above only and not beneath. He wants you to pay attention to his word because it's health, it's healing, it's medicine to all your flesh. Healing belongs to you today. 
If you're in the Toronto or Greater Toronto area, I welcome you and personally invite you to join us for one of our weekly services Sundays at 11 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the address on the screen. I really believe that you'll be enriched, encouraged, and strengthened by the ministry of God's anointed word as well as by the fellowship of other believers who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.